gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to my two cents podcast episode 90 which is entitled deja vu i'm your host g2 and before i get into the food national food day of the week before i get into the topics this week i would like to say if you are listening to this on apple google spotify wherever you're listening to this podcast if you could do me a favor and please subscribe to the channel when you do that that allows the algorithms to know that i am here and allows this podcast to be uh, pushed through to other people that are listening to podcasts just like mine and also if you could leave me a review of the podcast whether you like it dislike it whether you can tell me that i need to update something or upgrade something that will basically help me out in the future because when you help me out that means i can help you guys out in the future by giving you guys better uh audio experience a better listening experience if you will so if you could review and subscribe to the channel, that would be greatly appreciated to me. Now, with that being said, let me give you guys the National Food Days of the Week. Today, being September 4th, it is Macadamian Nut Day. Tomorrow, September 5th, is Cheese Pizza Day. After that, September 6th, Coffee Ice Cream Day. September 7th, Salami Day, as well as Acorn Squash Day and Beers Lovers Day. Please drink responsibly on that day. September 8th will be Date Nut Bread Day. September 9th is Wiener Schnitzel Day, as well as Steak of Poivre Day. And then on September 10th, to round it off, it is Hot Dog Day. Now, with all that being said, I want to start off with news not in the United States, as this comes from the Associated Press. Apparent assassination attempt against Vice President Riles Argentina. As Argentina's powerful vice president, Cristina Fernandez, stepped from her car outside her apartment building and began shaking hands with a throng of well-wishers, a man pushed forward with a gun, pointed it just inches from her face, and pulled the trigger with a distant click. The loaded weapon eventually jammed. Fernandez's security detail seized the gunman and took him away, and the 69-year-old former president of Argentina was unhurt. But the apparent assassination attempt against the deeply divisive figure Thursday night shook Argentina, a country with a history of political violence and worsened tension in the sharply divided nation. The gunman was identified as Fernando Montil, a 35-year-old street vendor and Brazilian citizen who has lived in Argentina since 1998 and had no criminal record, authority says. He was arrested on suspicion of attempted murder. Fernando wielded a 38 caliber semi-automatic handgun that was capable of firing and was operating normally, according to the judicial officer who was not authorized to discuss the case publicly and spoke on the condition of anonymity. Authorities shed no light on a possible motive and were investigating whether he acted alone or was part of a larger plot. You know what was funny to me? It's not funny, but it's just something that I see now. Remember two months ago in Japan, their former prime minister got killed because somebody shot him and he was on like a political race, I believe, like a political campaign. 
I don't understand what's up with the citizens now wanting to now kill people that either are A, in power, or either B, formally in power. Now, I understand if that person happened to make it rough for you and your uh, country, men and women that are in that country, if, like, if they're sitting in, like, these big old matches, is like, worsening your uh, country by putting harsher taxes and making everybody just life a miserable hell. I understand why you might want to try to assassinate somebody in power. I can understand that, and I think the rest of the world can understand something like that. It's happened in England. It's in our history books, for Christ's sakes, where people have overthrown governments for stuff of that magnitude. It's in there, so I think everybody can understand it. But now in this modern age of society, it's just not talked about a lot. I mean, we had January 6th last year in 2021. But that wasn't to really like overthrow a government. That was because some like people believe like a election got frauded and overturned and all this kind of garbage. I'm not going more into that. But just to see now we are getting to the age where people in other countries are just starting to now trying to kill their former leaders or people that are in leadership is now wanting to put a like a cautionary tale for anybody that's in these seats. I want you guys to please uh, have security on you and please be careful because people are now at the brink of now where they just want to just have utter chaos and uh, anarchy. And in certain cases, it might not be a bad thing, not anarchy, but just to like take down a leader if they're not doing right. But again, I'm not into politics of that nature. I'm going to be looking to see what more comes about this as the weeks happen. And if anything of uh, significance happens, I will come back to you guys and tell you about it. But again, the vice president of Argentina was able to escape assassination because of the gun jam. So congrats to her. Off to Russia, uh, warning the U.S. of sending long-range weapons to Ukraine. As this, again, comes from the Associated Press. A senior Russian diplomat sternly warned Washington Friday against supplying long-range weapons to Ukraine, noting that the U.S. is balancing on the edge of direct involvement in the conflict. Deputy Foreign Minister Sergei also pointed out to the country's military doctrine that invades the use of nuclear weapons in a case of a threat to the existence of the Russian state. We have repeatedly warned the U.S. about consequences that may follow if the U.S. continues to flood Ukraine with weapons, Sergei said. It effectively puts itself in a state close to what can be described as a party to the conflict. Speaking on state television, Sergei warned that a very narrow margin that separates the U.S. from becoming a party to the conflict mustn't create an illusion for rapid anti-Russian forces that everything will remain as it is if they cross it. He emphasized that Russia will push its offensive in Ukraine until it reaches its aims. Russia is capable of fully defending its interests and the goals of the special military operation will be fully achieved, Sergei said. He pointed out that Russia's military doctrine stipulates that it could use nuclear weapons in case of aggression against Russia and its allies involving mass destruction weapons or in aggression involving conventional weapons that threatens the very existence of the Russian state. So basically, Russia trying to say, oh, U.S., you guys need to calm down. You guys gave Ukraine enough weapons. You guys need to relax. You guys give them any more. You guys are now going to be saying, yo, you guys are siding with the Ukraine. Right now, we understand you guys have a, like, doctrine with them. We're allowing that crap to go down. You guys can give the weapons all you want. But right now, at this particular point, you guys have given them enough. That's enough. 
So, okay, step out and watch from the sidelines as now we are constantly still going at war with the Ukraine. And I still don't understand why we're doing this. I don't know, not why we, because I ain't a part of none of that. But I don't understand why Russia is going after Ukraine. I don't understand the whole reason. I would have loved if Putin would have stopped doing this, because you guys have gone constantly just beating down uh, Ukraine for a better part of six months now. You guys have constantly just been pounding at them. So I would love for Putin to please stop this whole madness. But until this madness does end, I don't see it ending in no time soon. I would like to know what Biden is going to say about this, because right now uh, we know that Russia's probably kind of getting tired of America stepping this foot into this business right now, and they just give us a legit warning. Hey, quit it before you guys are now being declared enemies against Russia. So chill out and stop. So I would like to know what Biden's going to have to say about that. And again, whenever Biden has something to say about it, or either somebody from the White House has something to say about it of importance, not a, just a fleeting little message, no, something of importance, I will be coming back and letting you guys know. Now on to the next topic. We're talking about Mississippi's water uh, problem, as this comes from the Associated Press. Jackson's new worry, more water pressure could break pipes. Water pressure slowly improved in Mississippi's capital city Friday, but officials outlined numerous challenges and occasional setbacks as they worked to restore running water from the city's aging, neglecting water system to all in the city of 150,000. A minor leak in an ammonia tank forced officials to condone off a part of a water treatment plant late Thursday, Jim Craig, a state of health official, said Friday. Staffers at the plant are having to consistently amount for changes in sediment and chemical levels and water taken into systems after recent rains and flooding, Craig added. It's like fixing the airplane while you're still flying, Craig said at a Friday evening news conference with Governor Tate Reeves. Last week's rains, followed by the flooding of Pearl River, exacerbated long-standing problems at the O.B. Curtis treatment plant, leading to a drop in pressure throughout Jackson, where residents were already under a month-old boil water order due to poor water quality. The problems lead to a Monday emergency declaration by the Republican government, well, governor, and a disaster declaration from President Joe Biden. Biden's infrastructure coordinator, Mitch, I don't know how to say his last name, and Federal Emergency Management Agency Administrator, Diane Chriswell, were in Jackson for a first-hand look at the problem Friday. So the long story short here of this is that the people in Mississippi or, well, more specifically Jackson, Mississippi right now, they are having no water. They have to boil water and all this type of stuff because the water that's in their pipes are dirty, nasty. They can't wash with that. They can't drink that water. They can't do nothing. And right now, the state emergency agency say close to 2.8 million bottles of water were handed out from midday Thursday to Friday afternoon. Uh, so people can use that for non-portable water, for toilet flushing, and other uses. So again, this whole thing is ridiculous right now. I don't understand what is going down with some of the towns in our country. I don't understand it. How are we in a spot where, when you think about it, and just hear me out here, America's tagline is, come live the American dream. All the immigrants, all the foreigners come to America. They think they're going to have a better life over here in America. And they have to literally systematically look at the United States in the map area 
and figure out, okay, where we're going to live at. Because certain states have complete disastrous conditions that I don't think a lot of people in the states know about until it pops up on the news of a big national disaster, whether it's from a hurricane or earthquake or some type of other situation like this with their pipes getting some type of chemicals in it. And now they have water that's not even drinkable. They have to boil it and all this type of stuff. And they're getting bottled water from the government. This whole thing is crazy how you don't think about these things when you think about America. You don't think about it. But then when it pops up on the news, you're like, how is this stuff happening in a country like this? Again, America has its faults. I think everybody knows that every country has its faults. But when you hear about people not having water to bathe in or drink or even to use to flush a toilet, dude, you got to really evaluate and say, okay, how are we going to help out the people over there in this particular part of the country that need help for this bare minimum human like right that we should have as literal Americans in this country? Just be able to use the toilet and flush the water. You can't even do that. You got to get bottled water to literally do that. Dog, I don't I don't know what is going on. I don't. I hope they're able to figure out my prayers are with the people in, like, Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi. Like, literally, my prayers are with you guys. I don't know what I could do to help you guys. If you guys do see, like, somebody that has, like, a, I'm not going to say GoFundMe because certain people are just scammers out here. Uh... If you could, if you're somewhere close to Jackson, Mississippi, and you feel that this thing is close to your heart, buy some family that you don't know a bottle, a case of water, and just hopefully that that will do something for them. I don't know what to tell you, dude. My, I'm at a loss wits here. The government, I hope the government does what it can do for the people down there. I hope it does a lot. I don't know what it could do. Probably try to fix the pipes, water pipes. I don't know. But we'll have to see as this stuff happens. I mean, this thing popped on my radar this week, and I was just shocked by reading this. Uh, but again, uh, people in Jackson, Mississippi, you guys are literally in my prayers, buddy. Now off to the next topic. As this comes from the USA Today, Ohio police fatally shot unarmed black man in bed during failed arrest attempt video shows. Community organizations asked for a transparent investigation Wednesday, a day after Ohio police released body camera footage of a fatal police shooting that occurred earlier this week. Donovan Lewis, 20, died at a hospital following the shooting early Tuesday. Columbus police say officers were at the scene to arrest Lewis on multiple warrants, including domestic violence, assault, and felony improper handling of a firearm. Police body camera footage shows an officer opening a bedroom door in an apartment and immediately shooting Lewis, who was in bed. Lewis appeared to be holding the vape pen before he was shot, said Columbus Police Chief Ellen Bryant. No weapon was found. Bryant has not addressed whether police believe the device was a weapon, a determination that will come during the probe by the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation. Lewis was fatally shot at around 2 a.m. Tuesday after Columbus Police had gone to his apartment to attempt to arrest him on multiple warrants. Court records show Lewis was wanted on a felony charge of improper handling of a firearm as well as a misdemeanor probation violation and misdemeanor charges of domestic violence and assault filed August 10th in connection with Lewis' girlfriend who is pregnant. Body camera footage released on Tuesday by Columbus Police show K-9 Officer Ricky Anderson at Lewis' bedroom door 
officers has spent between 8 to 10 minutes attempting to get somebody to open the door of the apartment, Brian said, entertained two other people in the apartment after they eventually opened the door. Bryant said officials then spent additional time trying to get Lewis to come out, including sending a canine into the apartment. The dog barked at the closed bedroom door, repeatedly alerting officers to the presence of someone inside. A video shows that when officers entered the apartment, Anderson holstered his firearm to put the dog back on the leash and then redraws his firearm before opening the bedroom door. Another officer yells hands as Lewis sits up in his bed and the light from that officer's gun shines on Lewis. In less than a second, the video shows Anderson reaching into the door opening and firing a shot at Lewis, who appears to have raised his head from lying on his left side on the bed and is leaning on his left arm where he is hit in the abdomen and goes face down onto the bed. An officer yells hands repeatedly for several seconds before telling Lewis to crawl out here twice, but the wounded Lewis remains on the bed. More than 20 seconds later, an officer says, I'm going in, cover me. Two old officers go in and begin to tell Lewis at least twice to put his hands behind his back. One officer says, I need cuffs. I'm out of cuffs. Another officer picks up Lewis' right arm and begins to fold it back to handcuff him. And Lewis lets out an animal moan as one of the officers says, put your arms behind your back now. A few moments later, an officer says, stop resisting. Police later carry Lewis out of the apartment to grassy area in front of the building, providing CPR and other first aid for the nearly five minutes that elapsed before paramedics arrived. Lewis was then taken to Ohio Health Grant Medical Center, where he died. Okay. Um, I did not see the video of this. After just reading that, that sickens me to my core. I just read that. You guys try to get into this man's apartment for eight to ten minutes, and you guys couldn't do it. You guys had to detain two other people after you guys were able to open up the door. Okay, you guys did that. Then you guys sent your dog in there to find out, to sniff out the scent. He's able to go to the closed door, and you guys were able to see that, okay, somebody's in there. Literally. You guys opened the door and one of your stupid officers let off a gunshot at Lewis and shoots him in the abdomen. He goes down and another officer yells, hands. What are we doing here? What? Okay. Break that down. You guys pop in somebody's door. Pop them. That's literally shoot first. Ask questions last. That's literally what you guys did. When you guys are executing a search warrant or executing any type of like even arrest i don't think you guys shoot first i think you guys try to actually arrest somebody if they try to run you guys grab them like that you guys say he was holding a vape pen i'm pretty sure a vape pen does not look like a gun any type of gun you can think of it doesn't look anything of that magnitude it's a vape pen you know what a vape pen is i've seen plenty of vape pens vape pens are small even the smallest of gun, you still got to hold it a, like a type of way for even to fire off. There's no way you guys thought of anything. You guys literally went in there with the shoe first, ask question later mentality. I saw this thing again run across my uh, feed as I was looking for news topics. And I said, okay, that's one. It popped up on Good Morning America and everybody else. I did not try to see this footage. I'm tired of seeing people that 
or of my complexion getting killed by police officers. I've said it before and I'll say it again to the ends of time. Black people and police officers, we just do not mix. We are literally oil and water. And it's not on our parts, it's on the police officer's part because you guys are killing us and a lot of y'all are not getting any type of, like, <laughs> jail sentences put in towards you guys. I mean, that's starting to change now because everybody's starting to be on our side and be like, yo, you guys don't got to do that. You guys can do your job without killing a citizen. And this is exactly what happened here. You guys went in there with the shoe first, ask questions last mentality. And this man is dead off of you guys trying to get him for some warrants. You guys could have easily ran up in there if you guys think that he has something. Some of you guys need to have your tasers out or something like that if you feel so much threatened on the job. And one person needs to have a gun. Or all of you guys could have tasers at one point. Or you guys could just nut up and just go in there and just do what you got to do without killing somebody. I mean, that's part of your job. You kill people that are going out there and shooting somebody up. That's what you do. That's how you kill somebody. You don't go into somebody's home and literally knock on the door, shoot them and say hands. That doesn't that doesn't register to me. So I don't know what we're going to do here. I don't know what type of actions being brought unto the officers at the moment. I don't know nothing. I just know that this man is dead off of nothing right now. Apparently, they're going to be reviewing this thing. I don't know what to tell anybody. I don't know why we're reviewing anything. If you guys literally walk in there and pop and then hands, I don't know what we're doing. As a person that doesn't know police business, that just knows the fundamentals of how to basically be a human being and know what should be done, at least in the sense, you don't shoot first, ask questions last. There's always a recipe for a disaster. You go in there and you try to do your job. That's all you do. This was not doing your job. This was failing at your job, to be honest with you. I want to know what other police officers have to say about this matter. I really would love to, but I don't think we're going to hear a lot of police officers say a lot of things. Because again, you got the code of the shield. The shield protects the shield. Brothers in blue protect brothers in blue. I would love for somebody that's in blue, that's of the shield, be able to say, hey, they didn't do their job right. That's not what we do. That's not what we get trained to do. That's not what we learn. This guy went rogue. I would love for a police officer to come out here and say that type of thing, but I don't think we will. It'll be a cold day in hell before we do, but I digress. Uh, rest in peace to Donovan Lewis. I hope we, I hope that his family can get some type of justice for this killing, because personally, again, this killing was unwarranted, and now his child is going to be born without a father. Donovan Lewis's child is going to be born. And we know we've seen all these type of arrest warrants for domestic violence and all that type of stuff. But I guarantee you, his girlfriend did not want him to die. I guarantee you that. But again, we'll see as this thing plays out. Hopefully more information comes out. Hopefully somebody gets arrested for something of the nature. We'll see. But we'll just have to wait until that uh, time comes about. Now off to the next topic. And again, it's another case of somebody getting killed here. This comes from the Miami Herald. Mask intruders tie up people inside home and shoot 18-year-old Maryland reporters say. An 18-year-old was shot and killed during a home invasion in Baltimore, reports say. Jessica Titlow was hanging out with people at a home on Turnbridge Road in northern 
Baltimore on Tuesday, August 30th, her family told the Baltimore Sun. Jessica often spent time at the house playing board games and would sometimes spend the night. Around 1 a.m., police responded to the house to investigate a shooting, according to a news release from the Baltimore Police Department. When the officers arrived, they found Jessica suffering from a gunshot wound to the head. Medics pronounced Jessica dead at the scene. The release says, The nightmare I never thought would come to my family has shattered my heart, Jessica's mother wrote in an August 30th Facebook post. We pray her killer be found and justice be served for Jessica. A survivor of the attack told WJZ that five masked intruders entered the house through an unlocked back door before tying up the victims and shooting Jessica. They just started raiding the house, the survivor said. The survivor said the intruders began came angry with Jessica when she did not turn over her cell phone as requested. Police say they are investigating, but do not, but did not have additional details to share as of September 1st. Jessica's mother is urging those with information to come forward. I want justice for Jessica. Someone knows why five people dressed in all black with gloves and masks went to that house. Please speak up, she wrote on Facebook. Until then, Jessica's family says it just wants answers about her death. We are just shocked, confused, devastated, and shattered. We have so many questions, her mother told the Baltimore Sun. Anyone information can contact Baltimore Police Department Homicide Detectives at 410-396-2100. So that is the article right there, and this is sickening. This is sickening. I don't know what to say about this. A girl got killed because she didn't want to turn over her phone. Certain people might say, just turn over the phone. You wouldn't have gotten killed. Who's to say? People might say she just had to be the example. Certain people have to be the example if you don't turn over your phone. They could have beaten her up. They don't have to kill somebody. Home invaders are only not, they're not supposed to kill nobody. That's usually never what a home invasion is. Home invasions usually try to rob somebody, take their jewelry and all this type of stuff, try to get expensive items. I only know this because of television and uh, movies, not from personal experiences, so let me stop you right there before you think about that, um, but that's usually what home invasions are, they're not, never ever really like, we're gonna carry a murder plot here, no, that's not what a home invasion is, an invasion is taking over, that's literally what an invasion is, so add a home into it, home invasion, you're taking over a home, you're invading the home, you're not trying to kill nothing, so, I don't know why they had to kill this 18-year-old. It doesn't make sense. You guys could have easily just beat her up, give her a little pow-pow, and she'd still be here living with a bruised-up body, but she'd still be here living instead of dead. This stuff just never makes sense. It never makes sense, the criminal mind, how it goes when they're in the moment, in the action, and I don't get it. And if for there to be five, like, people in masks and gloves, that's a lot. That's literally a group. So that group had to come down and sit down and literally talk about what they're going to do. I don't know if that was part of their plan or not, but if it wasn't, they got to live with that now. And I guarantee you somebody in that group is scared to death because I guarantee you that was not a part of their plan. I guarantee you, usually something like that is never ever part of a home invasion a group's plan like a home invasion. It's never ever that. Again, based off of movies, not off of real life. I don't have any experience in this. I want to constantly say that. Um, It's just weird. Again, for nobody to have any information, nobody. How many people were at this thing? They say a group 
of people were tied up. So how many people were there? They say a survivor talked. Okay, that's just one survivor, not many survivors. This whole thing is leaving out a whole lot of details for me. I'm hoping that again, this is one of these things that I hope gets national attention and that people uh, get some type of information and Jessica's family gets some type of justice for this because their daughter shouldn't have gotten killed over not turning over a cell phone in a home invasion. This thing shouldn't have gone down this way. I guarantee you it shouldn't have gone down this way, but it did. But again, uh, prayers to Jessica's family. I hope they get some type of uh, justice for her killing. I hope that the police are actually able to get the five suspects. And when they do, it's all going to be about who's going to turn on who first. So the first person to get their story out is usually the one that always gets the uh, better deal. So... Let that be a warning to anybody that happens to listen to this and they actually know what happened. And if you happen to listen to this and you are one of the criminals that did do this, just know, if you do get found, you guys better speak first. Whoever speaks first gets the better deal. Just throw that out there. On to my next topic. Is this come from The Telegraph. Man paralyzed after being tased by cop while panhandling wins $100 million in Georgia lawsuit. A man who was paralyzed after a police officer chased and used... A taser on him while he was panhandling won a $100 million lawsuit in Georgia, according to his lawyer. Jerry Blassingang first filed the lawsuit against the city of Atlanta and Atlanta police officer John Grimes in 2019, accusing John of using excessive force that caused Jerry to become quadriplegic, according to one of his lawyers, Darren Tubin. Members of the jury, who deliberated for just under eight hours in federal court in Atlanta, handed down their verdict that awarded Jerry punitive and compensation damages on August 26th. The incident occurred on July 10th, 2018, when John saw the then 65-year-old Jerry asking for money on the side of a highway south of downtown Atlanta and told him to stop according to the complaint. John pulled over, got out of his car, and ran over to Jerry, who had moved out of the street and into a wooden area behind a guardrail. John then stunned Jerry with his taser from behind while the man was on an uneven surface, the complaint said. Jerry fell and was bleeding profusely from his head. He had hit his head on the concrete pad of a traffic control box, snapping his cervical spine and paralyzing him, his lawyer wrote in an email. The jury awarded Jerry $40 million against John, $20 million for compensationary damages and 20 million for punitive damages and 60 million against the city for compensationary damages but Tubin said it could be a long time before Jerry sees any of that money we feel confident in our position but I think the appeals process could take years unfortunately the wheels of justice will continue to turn slowly so Jerry is getting 100 million dollars from Georgia I'm not sure if he's going to see any of that money I think he'll probably see some small portions of that money but 100 million Georgia ain't just going to throw that out to somebody, especially to somebody that was panhandling. They're not going to do that. So that appeals thing is going to be on a long, long, slow, slow process for uh, Jerry here. I'm just upset that he gets paralyzed after all this, man. You get tased in the back. You fall down. You hit pavement. You having to sh crack your cervical spine. I mean, your spine is something that you don't mess with. That's just something that I at least know that I don't know much about the human body. I know that if you break your arm, you can easily 
get that on the cast. They can be repaired. Same thing with a leg. Same thing with a foot. Foot, you got to get some screws and all that substance uh, substance in it. Hand might be the same thing. I don't know. I never broke a hand. I never broke a bone in my body. But I watch a lot of athletes uh, talk about their injuries and their like cracks in their bones, sprain in their wrists, and all this type of uh, stuff. But I always know you don't ever mess around with your spine. The spine is something not to mess with. The neck is something not to mess with. Those are like the two things, and also like the temple of the head. That's something like to mess with. Those are like your three big important things. Don't mess with the temple of the head, your neck, and your spine. And for this man to get tased and then hit his head on a concrete pad and then snap his spine and basically paralyzing him, that is crazy. All because you were panhandling and an officer tried to get you from well panhandling off of that part of the downtown where you were at it's just weird weird reading this weird seeing this i don't think a lot of people know about this i did wasn't aware about this again this was another one of these things that just popped up as i was looking for news to talk about and i don't know what it is with officers not minding their business this seemed like something that's should never happen again. This is one of those situations that it shouldn't have happened. You can easily tell somebody to shoo away, move away. Homeless people aren't doing nothing to nobody else. Yes, they're a little bit of a pester from time to time, but they're not like like trying to harass somebody for like money, like jack somebody for money. There have been some stories that it happens. I'm not gonna discount that, but like you don't hear a whole lot of stories like that. A whole lot. There might be certain instances where somebody that's homeless will jack somebody for their cash or jack somebody for their wallet or jack somebody for their possession. But that's not a lot of cases. A lot of cases are usually you just have somebody pester you for some change or something or try to get some money off of you because they say they want to buy food, but they're really trying to just buy uh, recreational drugs. But I don't know what to say about this situation. I know that this man shouldn't be paralyzed off of being tased in the back but that's what happened i wish jerry all the well wishes that i could give him and i hope that he is able to find some type of joy i don't know what it is with having a uh snapped cervical what you can do with yourself i don't know but i'm hoping that he's in good spirits hopefully that money will he can use it to do something what i have no idea but Hopefully, he could find some type of happiness with the money that he is going to get. Now, on to the next topic. Uh, this comes from the News and Observer. North Carolina town manager fired in 3-2 vote after police force quit. The small Jackson County town that made national headlines after its police force resigned is now short another town leader. After a close session Tuesday night, the Kinley Town Council voted 3-2 to two to fire Justine Jones as town manager just three months into her two-year contract. Council members Mark Smith, Trinity Henderson, and Bobby Peel voted to terminate Jones' contract, while Lawanda Neal and Keith Davis voted in opposition. Jones, who started the job on June 2nd, became the focus of the conflict after six Kinley police officers, and two town administrators accused her of creating a hostile work environment in their resignation letters. The decision to fire Jones came at the end of two critical phases, said town attorney Chip 
Hewitt. The first was the conclusion of a month-long investigation led by Hewitt and the North Carolina League of Municipal Terries into the accusation made by Josh Gibson, the former police chief and other staff and officers. The confidential investigation, which included a series of interviews of former and current employees, found no evidence of a hostile or toxic work environment, Hewitt said. This really didn't surprise us, Hewitt said. Could there be some improvements or could there be some changes? Yes. The second phase was that Jones was up for her 90-day review, which in her contract could lead to termination if the council saw fit. Mayor Tui Hales told the News Observer, that the majority of the council decided Jones was not working out. The termination of our contract with Jones is not solely related on the investigation and the resignation of the employees, Hale says. Those are separate items, and we looked at them separately. Hales would not explicitly say why Jones was not working out. Jones is expected to finish the week as a manager and receive a servants package of about $50,000, which is half for salary plus benefits. The decision to not communicate the entire story and publicly share the findings of the report is most unfortunate, Jones said in a statement Wednesday evening. So, Miss Jones, she is out of a contract, she's out of a job because, well, this town, well, committee found, well, not found, they feel like she was just not working for them, aka, eh, we gotta let you go because we just don't like you no more. And they're gonna say, well, it's not because of the officers, it's our own personal thing because well there was two separate entities to it yeah okay but it doesn't help that national news was covering you guys because of a whole lot of police officers were saying yeah we resigned and you guys thought it was because of hostile work environments because of some letters that you guys received so you guys did some digging a month-long investigation and you guys did interviews with current and former employees and you found no evidence of a hostile or toxic work environment so that kind of killed the former workers' whole like resolute, resignation letter of saying that she created a hostile work environment. That killed that because that was not true. So you guys just went with the option of saying, well, she had a contract with us and her contract was up for the 90 days of review. And we decided it's just not working. Just like businesses do whenever certain people work in certain businesses, you have a contract that says we you are on trial for a 60-day trial, 30-day trial, however long trial you got. And on that trial, we're going to monitor you. And after that trial, we will decide whether we want to keep you or we will not want you to work for us. So she was on that type of contract. I don't know what to say about it. I've never been on a contract like that. I just know that I don't like those type of contracts. I think that you give somebody the job, that job's theirs. Don't say, well, you're on a trial-based period. What? Why am I on a trial space period if you guys like what I do? You guys saw the paper. You guys called up my references. Why am I on a trial base period? Just give me the job. I'm not going to work on a trial base period. That's stupid. That's one of the dumbest things ever to me. But a lot of businesses do it. And apparently this business right here, it did it. So uh, Miss Jones is now out of a job. These people are now out of a town what town manager they now gotta find another town manager and hopefully this time there will not be no type of uh situation where police officers quit more on their job and try to come up with a fabricated uh excuse but hopefully they'll figure something out for that town seriously hopefully they will find something
Uh, on to my last topic, which is something that really popped me, which really like shocked me uh, when I looked at it this Friday, as this comes from the Los Angeles Times. Representatives for Tiffany Haddish, Ari Spears, called child sexual abuse lawsuit a shakedown. Comedians Tiffany Haddish and Ari Spears are being sued after being accused of child sexual abuse. According to a lawsuit filed Tuesday in Los Angeles Superior Court, the actors allegedly assaulted a pair of siblings named John Doe and Jane Doe in the filing when they were 7 and 14 years old. The Daily Beast first reported on the lawsuit Thursday. The suit alleged that Haddish and Spears groomed and molested the plaintiffs and that some of the incidents were recorded on video. However, Tiffany Haddish attorney Andrew Brettler dismissed the accusations. Plaintiff's mother, Teresa Morris, has been trying to assert these bogus claims against Ms. Haddish for several years, he said in a statement to the Times. Every attorney who has initially taken on her case, and there were several, ultimately dropped the matter once it became official that the claims were meritless and Miss Haddish would not be shaken down. Now, Miss Morris has her adult daughter representing herself in this lawsuit. The two of them will together face the consequences of pursuing this frivolous action. When reached by the Times on Thursday, an attorney for Spears, Deborah Opree, responded, he isn't going to fall for any shakedown. At the center of the suit are two incidents involving each of the siblings separately. Jane Doe alleged that in 2013, Spears and Haddish encouraged her to mimic the motions of a fellatio for a skit. Jane Doe was 14 at the time. Then in 2014, a seven-year-old John Doe was allegedly stripped down to his underwear and filmed for another skit featuring both Haddish and Spears. I don't trust anybody. I'm scared of adults. I refuse to be recorded or take pictures because I am scared of adults trying to do nasty stuff to me. Again, John Doe told the Daily Beast, I spend all my time in my room and do not go anywhere because I don't trust anybody. As a longtime family friend of the sibling's mother, Haddish regularly visited the plaintiff's home, the lawsuit says. The siblings also claim that Haddish took John Doe to Spears' home where he allegedly molested, was allegedly molested by the comedian. The molestation video was uploaded and published to the website Funny or Die in 2014 and was not removed from the internet until May 2021. The filing says, Funny or Die told TMZ on Thursday that it had no part in the video. Funny or Die found this video absolutely disgusting and would never produce such content. Its statement said it was uploaded to the site as... User-generated content was removed in 2018 immediately after becoming aware of its existence. Per the 31-page suit, Jane Doe's 2013 interaction with Spears and Haddish allegedly involved her copying the actions of a video in which a man and woman ate a sandwich while moaning and making sexual noise in a way that simulated the art of fellatio. Haddish allegedly showed Jane Doe how to give fellatio, including movements, noises, moaning, and groaning. Jane Doe also allegedly appeared in a sexually suggestive video. The 2014 skit involving John Doe was supposed to be a real intended to help him land a gig at Nickelodeon, the lawsuit says. In the skit titled Through a Pedophile's Eyes, per the suit, Spears was seen lusting over the seven-year-old who was in his underwear while Haddish was not on screen. After filming, Mr. Doe called his mother crying, saying he did not want to film anymore, the suit says. 
The plaintiff's mother reached out to Spears multiple times asking for the footage. Spears allegedly said he was not done editing the video, but claimed that the footage was unusable and that he deleted it. Haddish said she did not have a copy. In 2018, the children's mother attempted a $15,000 settlement with Spears, but failed. In the new lawsuit, John Doe and Jane Doe accused Haddish and Spears of gross negligence, sexual battery, sexual harassment, and sexual abuse of a minor. They seek a reward, the amount of which is to be determined at trial for past, present, and future general damages. Okay. Um, this is a lot to go through, so let just let me just start right here. Tiffany Haddish lawyer says that the mother has been trying to get at Tiffany for years with this exact same thing, and multiple lawyers have been assigned to the case and then they drop the case. And this has been going on for several years. Okay, so that tells me that certain lawyers see certain things in this and say, yo, this is not going to work. You're not going to win. Or they probably smell BS themselves. And they're probably like, no, nah, I don't want to take this on because one, I'm going against Tiffany Haddish. Because at the time, whenever they said several years, so I only could think of what, 2018, 2017. I think Tiffany Haddish was on the rise. She was starting to be like mainstream at this time. They weren't trying to go against somebody that was being the Hollywood darling at the time. I don't think they were trying to go against that. And also, I don't think that certain, like, attorneys, again, they don't want to have a loss. So certain attorneys are really, like, competitive like that. So they, if they don't think they can win, they'll drop it. So she had to deal with a lot of uh, attorneys dropping her case, the mother of the plaintiffs. Um, now on to... The suggested videos of the boy in the underwear and the girl making sounds off of fellatio and all that type of stuff that they seen and she was suggested to do that. Here's my thing. I seen the video because I had to do look it up for this and I'm not going to front with you. I was trying to figure out why was a skit like that even made. I understand certain people might say that's dark humor, dark comedy. I get it. it. They're going to use that as a crutch for it. But I think seeing a child in their underwear, we're kind of passe in that. And you can look at probably Pat in some past uh, comedy movies and all that type of stuff. That happened in the past. Yeah, sure. But I don't think in 2014 anybody was really thinking like, okay, let's put a boy in his underwear and let's try to make a skit about pedophiles or let's try to do something with the boy in underwear or something like that. It doesn't make any sense. Again, I'm not in the comedy world. I just watch stand-up comedy. I watch comedy movies, comedy sitcoms. Yeah, cool, but I don't see children in their underwear in these sitcoms. I don't see none of that type of stuff. You might see some type of shenanigans with a kid trying to mess around with their parent, like pull some type of joke or something of that magnitude, or the parent might laugh at a kid doing something stupid or something like that. One or the two, but seeing a kid in their underwear, I don't think I've seen that, like, on television show in this new like era of television where like production everybody is looking around like yo that's not that's not gonna work that's not good here again probably in the past probably in the 80s 90s or even probably your early 2000s i'm not sure if it was in early 2000s but probably in the past yeah sure you probably had kids in underwears like just walking around and didn't think nothing bad about it but Around the time of 2014, 2013, and all that type of stuff, everybody started to be cautious about certain things. And I think that people should have been cautious about this. Aries Spears, I don't think he was, like, 
on television that much. Mad TV was already done for him at this time. Tiffany Haddish wasn't blowing up, not yet, at this time. So they were still, like, Tiffany was trying to get her name up, and Aries was just trying to keep himself busy with comedy, I believe, at this time. Because I don't remember seeing Aries on nothing. But I don't know how they came up with this idea of a skit saying the eyes through a pedophile. Pedophile eyes are some kind of garbage. I don't, I don't get it. Again, I'm not in the comedy world. Comedy is subjective to everybody. Certain people take it farther than others. That's what they do. But I don't think that should have been out and released ever. I don't think that thing should have been made ever. Just you even looking at that video now it is nasty and creepy, dog. You can just look at it and say, dog, this, what are we doing? Cut this video off. Get this thing away from me. That's immediately as soon as you see this. So there's a video out there of the skit of the John Doe, that that video is out there, ladies and gentlemen. It's there. You only got to do is type in, like, Airy Spears, and then, trust me, that's the first thing on Google, and you just look through the videos on Google, and somebody's going to have it up there, because that's all I had to do. And, again, seeing that video, it was nasty to me, and, again, it has me wonder, where was the parents through all this? I don't think that parents should allow their kids, I don't care how much you trust the other parent or you're cool with the other parent like that, if they want to record your kid, this is a now and day type of environment that you just can't be, just be recording somebody's kid willy-nilly out here, you can't do that back in the 80s, 90s probably, uh, again, I, I thought it out there because they were a little bit much more wilder at the time compared to now 80s and 90s were wilder compared to now I think everybody can admit that without a doubt, but now in this age, you can't allow your kid to be recorded by even a family friend because you got to wonder like, okay, why do you want to record my kid? Why do you want to take photos of my kid? That seems really weird. I'm going to be around, at least for me, I'm going to be around and my kid's going to get, somebody said that, hey, I want to record your kid. What do you want to record him for? Why do you need recording? What are you recording? Why are you taking photos? Where is it going to be at? I'm going to ask mad multiple questions. And God forbid if my kid wants to do show business and we get them into show business and they say, hey, oh, you guys can't be in here. I am not going to allow my kid to be recording them. There's no way on God's mean green I'm going to have that. And for this instance, in this situation, for Tiffany to be friends with the plaintiff's uh, mother, well, yeah, to be friends with the plaintiff's mother, I can see how the mother would think that nothing was going to happen to their kid, her kid because, well, she's cool with Tiffany, all that type of stuff, but there's always that inkling and because probably because I grew up in a household where my mother was like, yo, you're not going nowhere unless you bring your sibling or I'm going to be around something like that. I have that mentality. There's probably other parents out there that probably were looser with their kids. Probably like, yeah, you can go over, go to uh, Jason's house or Kimmy's house or something like that. Whoever's friends you guys were, you guys were able to do that without a care in the world because your parents knew who they were or your parents were like that cool parent in a way that say, yeah, you can go over there. Mine? Yeah. Uh-uh. You had to bring your brother along, or nah, you ain't going over there, or nah, I'm gonna be with you going there to an event, going to somebody's house, you're not going to somebody's house, that's the type of house I was, like, literally close-knit like that. So me, I probably have a skewed mindset in the way of going and looking at this. I just know this thing just reads nasty all over. This thing's gonna follow Tiffany and Aerie Spears after this situation is done with. Because, again, there's video out here. So now that's going to be tacked onto both of these comedians. That's happening, whether the 
mother or Jane Doe, John Doe, any people get money out of this or whatever's going to come out of it. I don't know what's going to happen personally. Again, this is just another, I don't know, but I do know that Aerie Spears and Tiffany Haddish are now going to have to explain this video every time they had probably get an audition or something like that, because this is going to be ringing off in people's minds, because if they get casted in anything, they immediately got to do uh, media and talk about why this or why that, or tell the production company or tell whoever it is backing this like venture or uh, artistry, whatever they're doing, they got to explain, you know, why are you having these two? You know what their history is. Explain to me what's the benefit. They got to explain that to the people that's financially backing whatever artistically creation they want to make. So, this is going to be a blemish on both Aries and Tiffany. Tiffany, especially because Tiffany is almost in a lot of things. She's in a lot of films. She's in television shows from time to time. So Tiffany's going to have to really explain these to Hollywood, like Hollywood executives. And I guarantee you, this past week, she has been explaining her butt off to a lot of Hollywood people. Probably Hollywood probably already knew about it. But if the Hollywood execs that didn't know about it and that are now being... uh shown this they're going to be questioning tiffany yo what were you thinking why is this not blah 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 they're going to question her to death so tiffany be prepared for that a lot for the next couple months before something big happens and then they forget all about you that's usually how uh television and the news work you're the news until something else big happens and then they kind of get away from you until like the trial happens and everybody remembers again that's kind of how that happens but, um, yeah, for people that are in Hollywood or people that want to go into Hollywood, you guys got to watch out, seriously, because you don't know what type of skit they're going to try to put you in. You don't know what type of skit they want to try to put your kids in or whatever, anything. Just please be on the lookout. Parents of showbiz kids, please know what you're getting your kids into. Please know that some of the things that you might want them in might mess with them uh mentally. Are you prepared to be dealing with a kid that's going to have mental issues after uh, doing something in Hollywood that they might regret later down in life, or you might regret later down in life as a parent. Just be on the lookout. Seriously, these are things that people need to think about when they're in Hollywood, especially whenever they think about Hollywood. Everybody thinks of money, fame, Hollywood stars, big houses. Ooh, ah, glam. But you guys got to think about the dark side of Hollywood. Uh, things like this, skits like this that are looked at real nasty, and that are nasty. Not just looked at, but they're literally nasty. You gotta think about these type of things. What type of reputation that's gonna leave on your kid? What type of reputation is gonna leave on these artists? And all that type of stuff. And the artists need to think about themselves when they are making these type of freaking nasty projects or even thinking about it. Is this something that we can bring to the masses and have them learn from this? Or is this just for our sick, guilty pleasure? One or the two, dude. I don't know. But these are all things that people need to be on the lookout for. Now, with that all being said, let me get you guys out of here. You know where you can find my all my social media sites. It's all in the description. My Twitter, my Instagram, my email. They're all open for anybody to look into. If you want to do that, that's great. Uh, I also, in the description, have the suicide hotline number. I am an avid person of, yo, you guys need to get your mental health right. 
please if you are not in a right mental frame and you feel like ending it all please do not call the suicide hotline please because again you don't know who is out there that wants to see you there are a lot of people out here that you bring a lot of bright light you are the smile that probably might brighten their day trust me i've seen it there are people out there that actually appreciate just seeing somebody that brightens their whole entire day so if you feel that you are not worthy please just call up the suicide hotline trust me there are people out here that love you that will love to see you believe that i want to thank apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, podbeam audible spotify all the other uh podcast sites that i am listed under because without them i would not be able to uh get this podcast out to you guys i would not know how to do it but with these people that have allowed me to send these podcasts their way and for you guys to click it i really do appreciate it and i appreciate you for taking a little bit of time out of your day to listen to me just ramble about different topics whether it be sunday episodes or my saturday episodes of wrestling i really do appreciate you now with that being said always remember i love you i love you i love I love you all. I thank you. I hope you guys have a great Labor Day weekend. I hope you guys are safe and sound out there. Please be careful on the roads. I do have an episode. uh, It's more of a review of the pay-per-view or premium live event that WWE likes to call it now of Clash of the Castle that just happened yesterday on Saturday. I will be having you another review of two more wrestling events that's happening tonight, which are... WWE's NXT's uh, Worlds Collide and AEW's All Out. You'll be getting those reviews tomorrow on Monday. So you guys have a whole legit weekend of Saturday me, today me, Monday me. Yay. Uh, If you happen to listen to those, that'd be great. If you don't, yay, that's fine. I really do appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Please have a great uh, Labor Day weekend. Please be safe. Be careful on these roads. Don't be a dick. And this has been my two cents podcast presented by g2 he is i i am him this isn't goodbye this is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again and with that being said kanye can you please take these people home i'm tired you tired Uh jesus wept